Blog Talk Radio. Maybe I didn't treat you quite as good as I should have. Maybe I didn't love you quite as often as I could have. Little things I should have said and done, I just never took the time. You were always on my mind You were always on my mind Maybe I didn't hold you All those lonely, lonely times And I guess I never told you I'm so happy that you're mine If I made you feel second best Girl, I'm so sorry I was blind You were always on my mind You were always on my mind Tell me Tell me that your sweet love hasn't died I just never took the time You were always on my mind You were always on my mind You were always on my mind Maybe I didn't treat you quite as good as I should have. Maybe I didn't love you quite as often as I could have. Maybe I didn't hold you all those lonely, lonely times. And I guess I never told you I'm so happy that you're mine Well, hi there, and welcome to Off the Chain. This is Julie Morgan. I am stepping in tonight for the amazing and talented Yvonne Mason, and please welcome our guest tonight, Miss Joan Hazel. It's great to be here. Now, you guys may know Amy Lyle, 
she's been on Off the Chain before. She's a comedian and actor that lives in Atlanta. She has a unique outlook on life. Most people hide their failures, but Amy wrote a whole book about hers. It's called The Book of Failures. The book opens with, I have been married for 20 years, not to the same people, but 20 years nonetheless. The book talks about relationships, how hard it is to blend a family and just be in just funny failures of everyday life. The reason it's been a bestseller for over a year is that it's so relatable. Everybody needs more laughter in their lives. Buy it for yourself or for a friend that is going through a hard time. The Book of Failures is available at some Barnes and Noble stores and on Amazon as paperback, ebook, or you can listen to the audio version. The Book of Failures by Amy Lyle. Definitely get that today. Sam Holden is back as, a, at, as our favorite vigilante. The third book in the series has just been released. In Dog Bones, Sam's quest to avenge abused animals is threatened when the FBI comes after her on one side and the commissioner wants her dead on the other side. Will her double life be exposed? Will Sam be able to protect the animals, her friends, and herself? Check out Dog Bones by Diane Mode everywhere ebooks are sold. If you haven't started the series yet, be sure to begin with Dog Gone by Diane Mote for free on Amazon. Looking for a listen? Adopt, don't shop. For your next audiobook favorite, the Adopt an Audiobook program has new releases for and audiobooks of every genre. All audiobooks are free to interested reviewers. Simply listen and share your thoughts. That's audiobookwormpromotion.com slash Adopt Dash and we've just released two more books this week. In Kai Dante's Stratagem, people are so happy about the destruction of the anti fertility virus that they want Kai to run for president. Kai Dante for president indeed. The Overlands are back and are successful in diverting the virus that is destroying the fertility of the populace, but in return, sanctuary is attacked and the family members are scattered to fight radiation sickness alone. Given, on, given only a strange poem to use, will Kai and Micah figure out the puzzle before they all die? Who in the family will survive to destroy the tyrant running the Brotherhood? And in the next book, Clan Faulkner's War, the fantasy set in the future medieval times after the big war, Lucan thought as the youngest son of the manor, his future would be as simple as land-owning farmer who raised good horses and went up to the manor to visit the family for a holiday. After all, there were seven brothers older than he with much more in entitlement to the inheritance. However, through a massacre and magic, his simple acceptance of a quiet life was going to come to a roaring end as he ends up leading the forces of his clan in the kingdom against an evil greater, excuse me, an evil greater than any wizard had ever faced, an evil led by his own brothers. Will he, his clan, and Falcon Crest survive the war? Mm, very interesting. So earlier I mentioned that we have Joan Hazel on tonight. Joan is an amazing person. I've got to know her on my own, and her work includes paranormal fantasy and sweet romance, as well as nonfiction spiritual. She is a sought-after vocal coach and technician who still enjoys working with students to achieve the best vocal quality they can. Joan has been featured has been a featured vocal coach. Excuse me, vocal coach at the 2012 and 2014 International Community Theater Festival in Venice, Florida, and will return there again in 2018. In addition to Hazel's artistic work, she is a Reiki master and psychic intuitive. 
She currently resides in Deland, Florida, with her husband and their two dogs, Izzy and Ellie. Welcome to the show, Joan. Thank you, and thank you for having me. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I'm glad to be able to stand in for for Yvonne tonight. These are some pretty big shoes to fill. <laughs> I know. You you got your work cut out for you. No, everything will be fine. It will be just fine. So I know tell it me will. about your passion. It looks like you know you are great with working with others to get their creativity flowing. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Um, that's really – originally, that was not my passion. Uh, I, I guess it always has been in a weird way because I was a uh, voice teacher for so long, and that was always my goal um, as being a voice teacher was just to make the student the best that they could be. So as I kind of transitioned out of teaching voice and just being around other people and started writing my own books. And, you know, when you write books, and and I know you've come across this too, you'll go, well, I write books, and everybody else goes, well, I would really like to, or I'd love to write a book, but I just, I'm not good enough, or, you know, Miss Smith in seventh grade told me I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I can't use commas. I can't, you know. Um, And and so (laughs) it just kind of became my passion uh, my husband swears I have no comma sense. I, oh, I don't. That's funny, great play on words there. <laughs> it's well, you know, he's a journalist, so he's all about the AP style and all that. Um, sure. But but I found that with not just writers, but a lot of artists. Period. They're like, I can't do that. You know, so and so just just burst my bubble when I was twelve, and I never picked up a pen again. And that just, Aww. that's so saddening to me. It is that, saddening. That would happen. It really is. It really so, is. Um, it is. And that's kind of became uh, my passion is trying to coax people to realize that if the creativity was there, it's still there. And just because Miss Smith in the seventh grade didn't think you could put two adjectives together, well, you can, you know. Um, well, absolutely. So Absolutely. Yeah. And that's where so I, I went with that. Something I've heard from quite a few authors is what they're calling tough love. And I don't necessarily agree with this, but when they start writing and put their first book out there, they're opening themselves up for criticism. We all do. Every time sure. we hit that publish button, it's like opening up the wounds all over again of the criticism coming through. And it's really up to you as a person and how you accept that criticism. You can learn from it or it can seriously wreck you. It's just, it's one way or the other with most people. And somebody today actually wrote a long post on Facebook about this very topic. And Hmm. one of her, what she called best friends, came to her and wanted to give her the truth. And the truth was, you shouldn't be doing this, basically. What it comes down to is, you shouldn't be doing this. You're not good enough. I'm just being honest with you because I'm your friend. And that broke my heart seeing that, you know. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I first wrote my first book, I would never refer that to anybody. Oh, my gosh, don't start there. (laughs) Let's do something more recent that's much better because I know my writing has improved and I know yours has as well. So to hear people tell other people, you know, you really shouldn't be doing that, it's, it's saddening. 
You know, I, I'm not a fan of that term, tough love. I, I'm really not. Because, and, and I guess because people say that and it's, it's like, well, this is going to be a little bit of tough love, but that lipstick makes you look like a clown. Just don't mm, say that. Just don't yeah. you know that's not yeah, the best exactly color you for mean. you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just just yeah. tell me that's you not know, the best color for me. Red. Yeah, your hair is yeah. red. You really shouldn't wear pink. Well, you know what? I'm going to wear pink anyway. <laughs> My hair is red, and I do wear pink quite a lot. So. Exactly. My it's, hair is red, and I wear pink all the time. Thank you very much. That's right. <laughs> there are no rules. Pink can pink. Is no, fine. there are no rules. There are no rules. Okay, so it's, let's talk about your books. Okay, where are we where are we starting? What? That's up to you. Where would you like to start? Let's start with your most recent release. Let's celebrate that. Okay. Well, it's not out yet. It comes out. We're doing it the week of Thanksgiving. Um, I'll That's actually awesome. be doing okay. a book signing the Saturday after Thanksgiving um, for it. And, you know, okay. it's one of those things. You know how you sit there one day and then all of a sudden a lightning bolt hits you and you go, what? Who would ever think of that? Um, and then you go, yes. well, I guess I did. <laughs> So my um, character, her name is Eldara, and she is a witch who is an event planner. Um, So she's pretty sought after. You know, she does weddings and balls and things like that. And, of course, being a witch, she can do things that other planners can't do. You know, if you want to ride in on an elephant, then by dinging, she'll find an elephant for you to ride in on, you know. Um, she's kind of like the the fairy godmother in Cinderella, you know, taking a mouse and turning mm-hmm. it into a horse kind of thing. Um, right. But the, but the thing is, she chose not to live in the in the witching realm and do it there. She became she came to the world of mortals because witches don't need her; they can do it all on their own. So she came and worked in the world of mortals, um, and has done so for quite a few years. And she has an assistant who's a mortal. Um, but it's now mm-hmm. the five hundred it's the five hundred gathering of the clans in the witching realm and there's a big discussion because um her father's actually the supreme regent and they want her to come back and take his place. Um but she's fought it because she likes doing what she does. She just likes being a, an event planner and making people happy. Right. Um, but if she doesn't come back and work on taking her place, then she can be tried for treason and her powers will be stripped from her. Oh, so, wow. So she gets to go back home um, and and basically coordinate and plan the 500th gathering of the witching clans. Um, and uh, something happens and her powers start going askew and her assistant, who's immortal, has been told he can't come, and that's really she needs him because he's always the one who keeps her in check more so than everybody else in check. Um, and the cool thing is, is you know, witches have familiars that help them out, and Aldara is no different. She has a white dog named Ismeralda, um, which kind of gets in the way of everything. So, Oh, <laughs> Oh goodness, goodness! So 
how did you come up with this story? Is it something that came to you by luck? Is it um, because of maybe interested in, you know, with the supernatural? Because I love supernatural. I write paranormal too. So where did right. this story spawn from you? You know, I think it's a combination of, I, well, being a, a psychic intuitive, I'm around a lot of supernatural and spiritual things. Um, and I've learned a lot about witches and Wicca, and um, I have a weird sense of humor also. Um, that's why we get a lot so of it, <laughs> That's it. That's right. And, it, you know, it just kind of, I was sitting there one day looking at something, and I went, you know, witches can do anything. What if one was a wedding planner? You know, how cool would it be if you were a wedding planner and a witch? You could just do whatever you wanted. You know, and that's you know, where that's, it all that's came that's a really from. good point. That's a really good point you bring up, and I think people maybe possibly forget about this, but, you know, who created the vampires? Who created the werewolves? Mm -hmm. Who created everything that's supernatural? I mean, it had to come from somewhere. You know, if you look back in some of the stories, most of them come back because of witchcraft and supernatural. That's my opinion. I'm not stating that as fact, but I remember reading information about the werewolves when they were first created. They wanted something to combat and fight against vampires. You know, how do you Mm -hmm. do that? Well, they took an alpha male and an alpha wolf and by magic made them into one to try to control the vampires. This is, you know, legend that I read. So it made sense to me. I was like, yeah, that's cool. You know, that's really cool. And they created the first white wolf, you know, the white, like the big white wolf. And, Mm -hmm. you know, but who's on top of all that? You know, who created the vampires? Probably a witch. Who created the werewolf? Probably. Probably a witch. Right. So who's at the top of that pyramid? Probably a witch. You know, if you want to get somebody that's got some, you know, supernatural kick butt powers, there you go. <laughs> it's going to be a witch. Exactly. And you can do just about exactly. anything, you know? That's right. <laughs> that so is that's right. where she came from. And um, Ismerelda, believe it or not, is actually my real dog. And that's her name. Oh, how fun is that? How fun is that? Is Ismerelda. And she's a little white dog. She is a white, fluffy dog, and she's been with me now. She's 10 years old, and she goes everywhere and does everything. And I'm just like, okay, well, Izzy, you need to be a character in this book. So instead of having a, do- a cat as a familiar, she has a little white dog named Esmeralda. So. That's awesome, though. I like that different, you know. I really do. And um, what what kind of dog is Esmeralda? Um, my Esmeralda is half Spitz, half Australian Shepherd. Okay. And in the story? Actually, in the story, she is a Spitz more than anything. She doesn't really have the the half of the Aussie in her. She's just pretty much a Spitz, except my dog does have blue and uh, one blue and one brown eye, and so does the dog in the book. So it's really my dog, no matter matter what I do, it's my dog. That's a lot of fun. That's a lot of fun. Which means I'll probably so have to make a with, second book for my other dog. Yeah, because, you know, you don't want that jealousy hanging there. I got a book and exactly. you don't. <laughs> That's it. That's it. All right. So the previous books that you've written prior to this, let's talk mm-hmm. about those. Okay. Um, the first the first book I ever wrote was really a contemporary romance, and it can only be gotten in an ebook. It's called What the, what the Heart Sees. I really can talk. Um, <laughs> and it's a curvy romance, really. 
you know, the girls like me. I'm a big girl, and uh, she's a big girl, and it takes place in Alabama, which is where I'm from. Oh. So, you know, I really am one of those people who I guess draw from my own life to put into books. Um, <laughs> so that's the first one, and it was a contemporary romance. So that was just kind of me getting my feet wet. Well, the one I'd been working on forever and I feel like I've still been working on the series forever. Um, my husband came up with the tagline, and he was great. It was, Commando Shapeshifters Go to Hell, Battle the Gods, and Get the Girl. Um, <laughs> so those are called The Last Guardian is the first one, and the second one is Burdens of a Saint. And then there's two I more coming. Have, I actually have The Last Guardian. We uh did that exchange did. at Facebook that one year? Yes, we uh-huh. did. I have your you book. Did. It is fantastic, by the way. Well, thank I you. Know. <laughs> and all my books are still packed up because we just moved two months ago. <gasps> oh, goodness. <laughs> well, you, well, I it moved, was not long ago um, that you moved. I know. It was just a little bit over a year ago that I moved. I bought a new house with my husband, and we moved. And it was probably the best decision we've made in a long time, yeah. <laughs> is getting a new house. We absolutely love our new location. And you're happy with where you are now, I'm hoping. Love it. Absolutely love it. No question. That's great. Um, so if you don't mind, anyway, I'd like to talk to – oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say uh, back to the books for a second. So those are – there's four commando shapeshifters, um, four different personalities, Uh Two are red wolves, one's a white wolf, and one's a coyote. It's what they shift into. So it's all basically taking. No, you don't. And he, I don't want to say he was an accident, but it was one of those things that, you know, you've heard of planters. I I half plan and mostly pant my way through a book. Yes. Um, Yes. (laughs) And. Yeah, so I'm writing it, and all of a sudden they go, they go, his name is blah, 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 and he was a coyote. And I'm like, oh, okay, you know, and then you just go on. So. That's awesome. The first coyote I read was in another author's book in um, the Mercy Thompson series, I believe it was called. But yeah. anyway, that's the first time I wrote a coyote was in hers. And then I know another one, another author that wrote coyotes, and you're the third one I've heard of, so – that's that's pretty cool, you know. It's it's nice to get the unusual type shifters out there rather than just the regular wolves and panthers and bears. Oh my, you know. So it's nice to have you know different species out there. And I know some have written snakes. I think somebody actually did a fly once. Shape <laughs> shift into a fly, you know. And um, others have done horses. Is it Sherry Lynn? Not Sherry Lynn Canyon. No, it. Um... Who did the Anita, whoever did the, No, it was who did the uh, Anita Blake vampire series. Oh, oh yes, yes. I and I I can't tell you. I don't know. <laughs> I can't I either. Know. I can't think of her name right stories. now. Yeah, I can't think of her name sorry, either. Sorry. So But she had but like a okay. shifter okay. swan. One of her oh, was you. a swan. Those are weird. Oh a, a anyway. Okay. Okay. All right. So tell me a little bit about being a Reiki master. I've never, to my knowledge, actually talked to one. So this is interesting for me. 
Oh, okay. Um, well, Reiki Master or Reiki is basically universal energy. You know, it's it's the okay. energy that flows through everything. Um, and as a Reiki Master, you, I don't want to say manipulate the energy because you don't really, um, but you learn how to use that energy to help in healing um, people and animals and the, the earth and things like that. Oh, um, okay. So you, and you can also use it. Um, I don't know how much you've heard. Like, um, if you've ever watched, I love Amy. Uh, okay, so Amy will call Reiki masters. You know, she'll say you need to get a Reiki master to come through and cleanse this and break these cords and and help with with putting energy back in balance. So that's really what a Reiki master does: is it helps put everything back in balance and helps keep things in balance, energy-wise. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. Okay. We can help balance chakras, you know, if you've ever heard of your chakras being out of alignment. Because I've heard people say that as a joke. Well, my chakras are out of alignment. Well, yeah, probably they are. (laughs) (laughs) So we can help put that back in, in in running order, you know. So I've had um, acupuncture done before, and yeah. correct me if I'm wrong because this is outside of my realm of knowledge. The Reiki in the same type of family as doing acupuncture? You know, I don't know that much about Acupuncture deals true with the energy system of the body and making sure the meridians within the body and the energy within the body is flowing the way it is supposed to flow. I think there's okay. they might be in a similar family, but Reiki deals with more of the universal, not necessarily what's just within a person, but bringing in energy from without, outside of themselves and with outside of the world going further. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. It totally makes okay. sense. I rem- I remember the first time I ever had acupuncture done, I fell asleep on the table. I was so relaxed. Oh. And you can. um my pardon? I said you can very easily. Every time I've had it, I've oh, done yeah. that too. Yeah, I definitely did. And I know some people that have um gone through and done the Reiki balancing I, I guess I'm not sure mm-hmm. uh, with saying that correctly done that and mm-hmm. had great results and with myself I've never done it and I'm definitely curious you know uh, could you tell me a little bit about maybe a little bit like how you would go about doing it um, well if we're working on on balancing let's say we're working on balancing your chakra energies you know, and the chakras sure. are, for those who don't know, they're the seven, there's more, but we have seven main ones within our body system, starting at the root, which is around your hips, and going up to above your head, which is the crown. And they spin okay. in a clockwise motion within the body, but they can get sluggish, or they can get out of whack and go wobbly and things like that. And a Reiki master or somebody who does Reiki in, um, can feel that things mm-hmm. are out of balance or feel that they're out of balance. 
And so we will start and we will use call in the energy and um, allow it to work through us. We never take our energy and give it away to anybody. We just work as a conduit like you would plugging in a plug into the um, wall outlet going to a lamp. I'll tell you what, we're going to take a minute to play a couple of ads. And when we come back, we'll talk more about your, your Reiki master. We'll talk about being a psychic intuitive and how you came about that. And maybe a little bit more with your dogs. Cause I love dogs and more about you. Okay. So just All hang right. tight and we'll be right. Okay. Do you have cougars on your porch swing? <coughs> Our horse is your new best friend. <coughs> Do your nicest shoes get buried knee-deep in snow as your toes turn blue? Are you bothered by wolves at your woodpile? No, not that kind of wolf. Join wildlife artist and author Nancy Quinn and her family as they discover an exciting new life in Go West, Young Woman, a true Montana adventure. Available online and in bookstores. Or visit quinnwildlifeart.com for a personalized signed copy. Critics agree. It's a hoot. This is Jade. And this is Winona. Wow, it's been a busy summer. Yes, we have new books. I think we have a new audio book. And I thought divorce was bad with other life lessons. Why is that title such a mouthful? I don't know, but you can hear that mouthful on Audible and on iTunes now. And that will take you through life changes, the highs and lows of it through pop poetry and the literary life guide. So remember to check us out. And no, I don't mean a once over, but then my narcissism said, well, maybe check me out once. And then look at the rest of the website at andrethought.com. <laughs> you can check out the podcast and the YouTube channel and everything that we're doing on that website, andrethought.com, just because you didn't get it the first time. Oh, my goodness. So we're going to say bye from Winona and Jade and our website. Okay, is this going to be like a running gag? Yup. And we thought.com. Bye bye. Germany, 1938. Charlotte, a young girl of 15, wanders into Georg's cobbler's shop to have her shoes repaired. Georg, enamored by Charlotte's charm and grace, decides then and there that he's going to marry her. But they must keep their love a secret from family, friends, and, most importantly, the Nazis. Follow along as Georg's pursuit of the young Charlotte results in the couple traveling a heart-stopping, winding route to stay one step ahead of the Gestapo in their escape from Nazi Germany, with a surprising twist along the way. If you like history and romance, don't miss Good Things Always Happen in Springtime by Joanne Fisher, available at www.joannesbooks.com. Juliana is a middle-aged housewife in Toronto with a career, a husband, that has little interest in her well-being, and three children. In the evenings, she gets on her computer and chats with people around the world. When she gets involved with Aaron and Bobby, her life becomes a pinball, bouncing around her husband, her job, her children, and her two online friends. She's bewitched by the romantic poetry of Aaron but the honesty and kindness of Bobby bring her all the way to California. Watch for the ironic twist of fate that takes her in a direction she never expected. 
If you like spicy romances, don't miss With All of Me by Joanne Fisher. Available at www.joannesbooks.com. Fiore is a young Italian woman engaged to be married, but her plans are interrupted by a charismatic Sebastian, a handsome middle-aged Spanish businessman. Her beauty strikes him like a thunderbolt sent by the goddess Venus herself. When she's given a peculiar gift, a Spanish doll, she's thrown into a whirlwind of entangled passion, money, secrets, and love. Their romance sparks in a charming little Italian town located on the southern part of Lake Garda in northern Italy and takes them around the globe. What happens when her life is suddenly shattered by a lifelong secret? Her Spanish doll will bring you to a caliente Spain and a romantic Italy, adding some spice along the way. Available at www.joannesbooks.com. All right, welcome back to the show. If you're just joining us, this is Julie Morgan. I am filling in for Yvonne Mason tonight. She's taking a night off with some well-deserved rest as she's working through some issues on her end and her upcoming celebration of life with her husband, Jack. And tonight we are joined by Joan Hazel. Welcome back, Joan. Hi. I'm back. We're back. (laughs) Let's take a drink. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. That's okay. No worries at all. So when we went to commercial break, we were talking about being a Reiki master and what that entailed. And for our Mm -hmm. audience that may be listening, um, how did you get into becoming a Reiki master? What drove you to that? I think it's like anybody who does it. There is just an innate calling in you that you go, you know, this is what I need to do. Uh, um, I had always, Oh, all right. Let's let's go back to the let's go way back, way back. We'll start from the beginning and pull it forward. How's that? Um, <laughs> Your thing. <laughs> so way back when, when I was little, I always knew I was different, and so um, I could see things, I could hear things, and I learned to ignore it. But you could mm-hmm. always feel the call of energy. I I always knew it. Like I could, I was one of those, I can't wear a watch, never could because I screw them up. Um, You know, and I'm the person who can stand there and walk in a room and the the sound system go haywire. Um, And so as, as I got older, because this goes to the psychic intuitive part too, you know, it was one of those things you go, no, I don't want to see, no, I don't want to do, no, I'm not going to deal with it, and so you shut it down. Um, sure. And then as I got to another certain age, as I got in my 30s, I was like, you know, I can't keep fighting this any longer. Um, and so I, I knew that I, I could already kind of feel energy, and I'd already helped kind of um, – work with a few people on healing, um, helping heal certain things within them. Um, But I didn't know how to do it properly and protect myself. So when I started reading about Reiki and what it could and couldn't do and how, you know, one of the big things would be 
to be able to channel that energy and use that energy without causing harm to myself. That was sure. huge for me. Um, and so that's really how it all began. And so I took the first class because it was three classes, you know, when you get level one, level two, and then you become a master. Um, so I took sure. level one, loved it, did two, loved it. And I'm thinking, well, if we're here. Let's go all the way, you know. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So that's how we got there. <laughs> okay. That was very interesting. And the psychic intuitive, how did that come about? Mm-hmm. Well, like like I said, you know, it was one of those things that started when I was young, um, and my mother was. And, oh, okay. Uh, you know, I watched her, um, but, okay, so it was weird. My mother was, she would always say she was a Southern Baptist, but my mother was a flower child. I, you know. <laughs> I can't relate to that. <laughs> yeah, she goes, no, I'm Southern Baptist. See, here's my Bible. Let's go talk to the trees. Sure, Mom. <laughs> we'll go talk to the trees. Yeah, all right. You know, so um, <laughs> so we had that going, and but my dad was a Pentecostal minister. Oh, so okay. That was that was an interesting upbringing. You know, I had Dad who was in the pulpit with hellfire and brimstone, and Mom going, "Uh huh, uh huh, I'm Baptist. Let's go talk to trees. Oh, look at the flowers. You know, everything has a soul. Yeah. Let's let's talk to the turtles. Let you know." So it was kind of um, normal, but not normal. Um, it sounds like you had a little first... bit of everything. I did. It was it was so crazy. Yeah. And and um, you know, I remember the first time I saw a, a ghost, like really saw the ghost, um, and it was just like somebody. She looked real, like I could touch him. And I said something to my mom and dad about the guy standing outside the window, and my dad just went crazy and tried to go find him. And mom's looking oh, at me God. like, uh huh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's got yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So let's go hide her so nobody knows that she could do this. Um, oh, and so once goodness. again, because you're weird, you just don't go to school and go, hey, guess what? You know. I see dead people. So, Exactly. So you hide it for as long as possible, you know, or until you feel comfortable with it. And I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. I, I can't hide. It's like being a writer. I can't hide being a writer anymore. So we're just going to have to throw right. it out there and what sticks, sticks. It's so funny that you say that because anymore you can look at something and suddenly a story spawns. And, or you have a conversation with somebody and it's almost like not quite a deja vu moment, but something in your conversation strikes up a memory and you're like, Oh, I need to write that, you know, or it comes up with this idea. Yeah. And my favorite part is when I'm trying to go to bed and suddenly oh. here comes this fantastic scene. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm trying to go to, well, okay, fine. I'll get up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know you can relate. What do you four in the morning? All of it. I know, yeah. I know. Four in the morning. Let's go do it. Let's go do it now. Sleep overrated. Let's go. No. Or <laughs> the ones I love is when you're standing there having a complete conversation with a character in the middle of a store. That's what I do. Oh, my I don't gosh. Know I'm so glad I'm not the only one that's done that. <laughs> there's times. Yeah. There's times in my car when I'm driving 
And suddenly mm-hmm. I just, I hear them in my head and I start talking as if I'm them. You can't handle it. You know, it just, whatever their voice is, I, I hear myself mm-hmm. talking like them and I have to rip my voice recorder out or I'll lose it. You know, exactly. <laughs> I'm sitting there driving I'm like, you know, in the voice recorder because otherwise by the time I get somewhere to write it down, it's gone. It's horrible. It, <laughs> and the other thing is I have, um, going back to being the psychic thing, I have, um, I call them the, I call them the frat boys. Um, my spirit guides are kind of like frat boys. They, they're always here and they're always constantly giving me pointers or tips. I was in a store and this was before I wore pink because as a singer, I was a contralto and we did not wear pink. It was against the rules. It just, it was like okay. the unwritten contralto rule. We don't wear pink. Okay. Um, so I'm in a store and I pick up this pink, I'm, I'm going through the rack of clothes and there's this pink sweater and I hear you, you need that pink sweater. And I'm like, no, I don't wear pink, but you need the pink sweater. I don't wear pink. And so I'm having this one-sided full out vocal conversation with me saying, no, no, I don't like pink. I don't want pink. I don't look good in pink. You're crazy, blah, 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 blah. And I look over at like the rack, maybe, you know, five feet from me. And this woman is staring at me like I am, <laughs> like I have lost every bit of mind that I might have. Luckily at the time, my hair was long and it was down and like Bluetooth yeah. little trick things were just getting popular. So I like kind of stuck totally my hand up against my ear. I did. I was like, yeah, no, no, really, no, pink, I'm telling you, pink. And I just walked off. And I was like, God. Oh, my goodness. How did you end up realizing you had spirit guides? Do you see them or only hear them? Uh, Both. Both. Oh, okay. I I hear more than I see, but I do see them. Um, And it's (laughs) – You know, there's different levels of seeing, Um, like something that would be a spirit like that's here in earthbound has a lower vibration. So they'll feel, they'll look more solid to me. Wow. Okay. Spirit guides have a higher vibration and I don't see them as solid. I might see them just as an outline. I might see them just in my mind. I might see them... As um, as a shimmer form, I, I you know I see them a bit differently, and they have come oh, to me in okay. dreams. So I do know exactly what some of them look like, and others I have no clue other than a form. Now, have you ever walked up to somebody, like say at a book convention? Okay, somebody mm-hmm. wants to talk to you about your books. Have they ever whispered in your ear, "You don't want to talk to them"? No, no, I've never had that. Happen. Oh, that's good. Well, let's, let's no. take you outside the book convention. Let's say you're at a grocery store. Has anything like that ever happened to you where someone is trying to have a conversation and you hear them talking to you like, do you need to run far and run fast? Um, no, because usually they're really good to stop me before that happens. Oh, like, okay. okay. They'll, they'll stop me. They'll, they'll, you know, not let me go or they'll turn me around or they'll turn the other person around. Um, now I have had, and my poor husband, 
he's like, please don't accost the waitress. Please don't accost the waiter. Please don't. Um, but I have been known to accost strangers, not wanting to, but it's happened. Um, what do you mean by accost? Like walk up to him and go, you know, I, I pull a Teresa, what's her face? You know, the, 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 what is that? The New Jersey medium or whatever she is. I'll go, uh, oh God, we went on vacation. My husband and I did. Okay. And I put on the mama's on vacation sign, you know, above my head. And I'm actually sitting at a bar, took like my first sip of, I think I had a margarita. And behind me, I hear, tell him, blah, blah, blah. And there was this waiter. He was a bar back. And he okay. would walk by, and I'm just like, mama's on vacation. No. And every time he'd walk by, they're like, tell him, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no. And I'm like, who is this? And it wasn't even my guys. It was somebody else. And I kept hearing mama. But this guy was so young, like in his 20s, I was thinking, you can't be a mother. You've got to be a grandmother. And they're like, no, mother. But anyway, finally, he walked by and I said, I'm so sorry. I hate to do this to you. If I say this phrase to you, and I told him what it was, does that mean anything to you? And he started crying. Oh, bless his heart. And I'm like, oh, my God, I am so sorry. And he goes, no, no, no. He goes, my mother always said that to me. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, your mother's passed. And he goes, yes, six weeks ago. Oh, bless his heart. Oh, I was crying. Oh. He was crying. I was like, guys, can I go on vacation now? And they're like, yes. Oh my God. <laughs> I yeah, was so, so I have to go to happen to you if you've been out in public somewhere and then suddenly someone's, you know, past relative or yeah. somebody similar to that has approached you, you know. Multiple the times. only reason I ask is it actually happened to me once. Somebody came and accosted me, and I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. And yeah. it was at a book convention, actually. It was somebody, um, one of the authors at a book convention that was a, um, I don't want to call her a spirit guide, but she was something along those lines. I, I forget exactly what she called herself. But at any rate, mm-hmm. uh, I had never spoke to her before, and she sought me out and said, I've got to tell you something, because if I don't, these characters will not leave me alone. And I yeah. said, okay, who are you? <laughs> and she told me that I recognized her name. I was like, oh, yes, it's just I know who you are. And, you know, and I've heard of you. I know what you do. So we sat down in the bar, and she just went into this full in-depth conversation like she was talking to somebody, not talking mm-hmm. to me. She was talking to somebody in front of me, and it was my grandmother. And, Aww. you know, she passed when I was 11, almost 12 years old. And oh, wow. she told me things that only I would know. And that, Exactly. I mean, you know, I was pretty close to her. So to have that and to hear that was, you know, it was in a, in a way reassuring, but also kind of heartbreaking at the same time. But yeah. I I had no idea that that could even happen, you know, regardless of where you are. Just bam, it happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. I, I just, I mean, the, the, our world is so big with so many people. For you to see a bar back that you've never seen before pass in front of you, suddenly someone whispers mama or whatever the phrase was. It's crazy yeah. to me to consider that, you know? 
And I don't know if it's maybe like a tunnel type thing that, you know, the afterlife sees through somebody that has the ability like you do to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not sure if it's like, you know, like a light that they see in a dark room, you know. I'm not really sure how it is for their side, but I find it very interesting, you know. Uh, so I'm yeah, not sure either. Yeah, I'm not sure how it works either. I, I, I kind of liken it to as a moth to a flame because when somebody like me walks in a room and if there's a spirit there, they're going to like zone in. They're just going to that's kind of, Yeah, that's exactly kind of where I was coming from. It's like a dark room and suddenly there's this light. Woo, go to the light, yeah. you know. <laughs> you know, let's see what exactly. they can do. So, <laughs> so with that being exactly. said, let's transition this back, you know, to your books a little bit here. With the... Okay. The psychic intuitive that you are, have you used this in the books that you've written? Have you used the experience that you've had before in one of your stories? Mm, Roughly, yes and no. Um, But I'm actually working on a book that's a psychic detective. So when that one comes around, yes, definitely. Definitely. I will tell you a weird story. I'm I'm really uh, particular about names of characters. Okay. And so when I was making my uh, or writing the books about the Commando Shapeshifters, it was very important that I get everybody's name, their four names, correct. And I was like, I really need you guys to help me. I really need to know which name fits which character. And the one that Mm -hmm. I had the hardest time with was, his name was, I knew his nickname would be Saint. Saint, okay. Um, Saint, because he had, um, when he was younger, he kind of had this existential issue about being a, a wolf and a human and following hmm. the natural instincts of a wolf, but yet having to be human. So he was kind of having an issue with that. And uh, I knew that that was going to be an issue with him. I knew um, that he was going to go live with the Dominican monks, and they accepted him and all this. I had this, you know, how you do the backstory. So he went and lived with the Dominicans, and he became a Dominican monk. Um, and they accepted who and what he was. And uh, then eventually he had to leave and come back. But I couldn't gotcha. figure out his wow. real name like his given name. Hmm. Okay. And so I'm sitting there mulling it over, and he is Scottish. Um, and so finally oh. the name Aiden came. Oh, okay. Good name. Love Scottish men. It is a good name. <laughs> and so um, he and his brother were the, were the last two Scottish wolves left alive because Prince Charles killed them all, which is true. Hmm. Uh, but uh, their father was the last wolf killed in Scotland. So I gave him the name Aiden. And then I went, after I gave him the name, after I gave him the nickname Saint, I went and did research on the name Aiden. And there was a Scottish priest named Aiden who was very well known. Now, what are the odds of that? Uh, Yeah, that's what I said. That one made me go, okay, all right. (laughs) 
<laughs> so that was one that oh, just made me go, well. Um, well, when we were talking so, about names of character books, I had my assistant start a Bible for me because I am the worst at reusing names, sometimes yeah. even in the same story. I did that to myself once, and I have to keep a Bible name because otherwise I will reuse names. You know, Scott did this or Scott did that. You've already used Scott twice, so I'm going to use it again, dang it. <laughs> Mine's Eric. I want to name everybody Eric. Eric. Finally That's get fine. an Eric, but I tried to name like seven people Eric, and I'm like, no, that can't work. That reminds me. Oh, my gosh. Do you remember the Bob Newhart show? <laughs> mm-hmm. This is Larry my Daryl Daryl. Daryl. <laughs> yes, yes. That totally reminded me of that. Okay. So we have right at seven minutes left. So this has been pretty okay. fun so far. I hope you're enjoying yourself. And if you're I just am. joining us, this is Julie Morgan sitting in for Yvonne Mason tonight, and we are interviewing Joan Hazel. So what are your future plans, Joan? What do you have on the plate? I know you talked about your release in November. What do you have coming up after that? Um, well, actually, before that, um, I put together oh, – okay. <laughs> you want to talk about guides telling you what to do. Um, I put together <laughs> a book festival. Um, it will be October 20th here in DeLand um, at the Spice of Life Herbs, which is a, a lovely shop where I do my readings on the weekends when I have a chance to read for people. Um, and we're doing a mystical book fair book festival so all the authors are paranormal um spiritual mystical um we've got well i'll i'll have my paranormal books and my book that i wrote about uh talking to your spirit guides actually um and there is uh another author who is uh here in which you may have met jerry uh mcdaniel um, who will have his book, uh, Conversations with the Mothership, which is about uh, his journey being a psychic. Uh, another lady uh, will have her book. Um, author will be signing her book, and she's done haunted hotels across Florida. Ooh. Okay. And then uh, another lady who I just um, contacted, got in touch, and said she would she would be happy and excited to do it with us, has written a book on learning tarot so tarot for beginners so we'll have that so the four of us will be discussing our books and um, signing all of our books i have um, there'll be two vendors there one who does spirit dolls which are beautiful um, and then another who does different she just does all kinds of crafts and i've seen some of the stuff she has these beautiful halloween wreaths that she'll have and sun catchers I love those. I love the Halloween wreaths. I wish we could do oh, Halloween for more than a day. You know, I mean, I'm one of those that wants Halloween to be a season. You know? <laughs> See, uh, I think September 21st should be Halloween season start, and it doesn't end until, like, Christmas Day. I agree with you, and there's many of us that feel that way. And the I first day of fall, believe me, I put stuff up. My uh, girlfriend, who I'm co-writing a book with, she decorated her entire house with Halloween and I was so proud of her. <laughs> I'm ready. So, and I my husband still can't believe I haven't done it yet, but I've just been so crazy. I haven't had a chance. 
But this mm. weekend, it's coming out. I'm getting the boxes down. Take some pictures because I definitely want to see. I will. I will. Yeah, definitely want to so, see. So that's what I've got going. And let's see, is there anybody else? Oh, we'll have readers there also. So um, oh, somebody else, yeah. somebody doing energy work, um, an astrologer, and a lady doing butterfly readings. Oh. Now, do you want to know, you want to know what butterfly readings are? Well, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, she talks to spirit, and spirit tells her, "Okay, so you have this piece of paper, and it's folded. You write your name on it, and you concentrate and put your energy into this piece of paper, and then spirit helps her decide what paint colors to use." And so she will drop the paint in whatever order they tell her, however they tell her, and she'll the paint could stack or be in a row or whatever. She folds it, spreads it out, and it kind of looks like a butterfly. And when you open it up, she will read and interpret the colors and pictures and how they meld together within that painting. Ah, quite unusual and fascinating at the same time. You should come do wow. it sometime. It's really cool. Um, I'll, I have mine here. I could send you a picture of it. Yeah. Well, Delane's a bit of a drive for me, but I'll definitely consider that when I get more time. And I'm driving over to Fort Pierce this weekend to see Yvonne and visit with her with my daughter. So, I mean, that's that's a two-hour drive there as well. So, sure. um, <clears throat> pardon me. So, all right, well, we have less than two minutes left. This has been a fantastic mm-hmm. hour with – Joan Hazel. So, Joan, can you tell us, where can we find you? Well, um, personally, you'll find me in Deland. But if you're looking for my books, um, they're on Amazon, of course, with Kindle and also the paperback version um, and anywhere, uh, what is it, Nook with Barnes & Noble, uh, Google Play, it's there. I also have my author's website, which is joanhazelauthor.com. And then you can also find me as um, Joan Hazel Author Coach on Facebook. Perfect. Okay. Our show tomorrow is scheduled, or excuse me, our show is scheduled for Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time with Joan Fisher. And you'll also have another host. Yvonne will not be back yet. Ian Bush will be hosting, and Ian is a Michigan. He's a Michigan native and has been writing stories for 12 years. His first published novella, "The Story Has a Soul," was released in 2010. His novella, "Wishes for the World Around You," was published from a 2012 writing contest ran by Two Moon Press of Marshall, Michigan. He currently has nine books available for purchase on Amazon. Ian is currently spending his days writing and enjoying his time with his wife Samantha and daughter Winifred. How cute of a name is that? So look forward to meeting Ian tomorrow with the other Joan (laughs) that's coming in. And I appreciate your time tonight, Joan. And just uh, to leave us with a parting thought, there's a difference between hearing and listening. You can listen to somebody speak all day long. You can watch their mouth move. Their words go in and out of your head. But are you really hearing them? Listen and hear what the person is saying to you, what they have to say, and go from there. 
I've enjoyed my night. Thank you for having me. Joan, thank you for being here, and we'll call it a show. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.